lovely. Welcome to the Healing Together podcast, where you will get your weekly dose of warm conversation and high vibrations. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode, but before we get started, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Healing Together Podcast, and be sure to follow yours truly at Patience Tamara. Now that we are connected and comfortable, let's begin. Hello, my love. How have you been? I took a little break last week to rest and recharge. If you're wondering why we didn't have a new episode last week, yes, I was able to just rest, relax, and restore myself. And I am coming back feeling amazing and bright and radiant and wonderful. It's so important to really listen to your body and rest when you need it. Don't wait until the last minute like I did and Yeah, I was completely exhausted. But anyway, before we dive into this episode, I have some exciting news that I've been waiting to share with you guys. I have a freaking website. I am so freaking excited and I can't even believe it. I feel so official now with my entrepreneur endeavors. And I launched my website, patientstamara.com is the website. Um, I launched it last Tuesday, and I honestly am so proud of myself because I pretty much did this by myself. Yes, I had a little bit of help from family and friends, but I created this website pretty much on my own, and that is, I'm just so very proud of myself. So the website is really just a place, a space for us to connect us to nurture ourselves and our healing, our souls, and most importantly, to build community. You guys know that is the most important thing for me right now because like I often say, no matter how lonely you may feel at times, you are never alone. And I want this community space, this website to be just that reminder for us. So head to the website. You can join my community newsletter. You can get my freebie writing practice, which is called A Journey Home. It's 10 days of journal prompts and self-love affirmations, which was pretty much created for a beginning or the beginning process of diving deeper into our healing journey. Um, So it's a beautiful, beautiful 10-day practice. It really allows you to dive deep and ask yourself some very interesting questions that you probably don't get to navigate on the regular basis. So definitely go check that out. And you can also book a healing session with me if you feel so caught to do so. I am now offering one-on-one healing sessions as well as collective healing sessions every month. The first healing session will be November 22nd, and that healing session is going to be focused on childhood trauma. I am so freaking excited for that healing session. I will definitely be talking more about it as the weeks progress and we get closer to the date, but head to the site, um, you know, find something that you connect to, plant your seed within the community garden and... Yeah, just go check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, love. So today's episode is a beautiful conversation 
that I had the pleasure of having on IG Live with a new Instagram friend, Zaria of Earth Mama. Um, she is an amazing, amazing human being, and I'm so so glad that she reached out to me to do this IG Live and to have this space and connect with her in this way because, like I said, it was truly a beautiful experience and conversation. If you are not familiar with Zaria, she is a certified yoga teacher, a published journalist, and podcaster. And like I said, she's just an overall amazing human being, and I'm so glad that I was able to connect with her in this way. But if you're interested, you can follow Zaria on Instagram at EarthMama, E-A-R-T-H-M-A-M-A-A. Mama does have two A's. And you can check out her podcast, Full Moon Chat Podcast, on her Patreon. Now, this conversation between Zaria and I was truly transformative for me. We were able to really dive deep and discuss our personal experiences with, you know, this self-love and healing journey, as well as discuss a topic that I am very, very passionate about, which you all know, which is Black healing and wellness. This episode is truly, truly one worth listening to until the very, very end, because there's just so much for you to gain from this from this conversation, so many insights, so many gems. Um, so yeah, definitely worth listening to the very end. And I really hope that you enjoy it. So without further ado, here is Zaria and I's conversation on black healing and wellness. Um, but I feel like we should just introduce ourselves and like yeah, just tell everyone who we are for those who maybe are not familiar with you, are not familiar with me, and then we mm-hmm. can go from there. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Patience. I go by Patience Tamara. Um, I am a writer, poet, spiritual practitioner, self-love advocate. Um, like my bio says, I write, do yoga, and advocate for self-love and self-healing. I am an intuitive healer. Um, also currently um, practicing to be a yoga teacher. So that sort of encompasses all of my titles. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, I am just a human, <laughs> a human being trying to navigate, you know, this physical experience. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful for you. I'm very grateful for everyone who joins this live, everyone who is here now, I feel like it's going to be beautiful. So. I agree. Thank you for sharing. Um, of course. And yes, this is me. I'm Daria. Um, I never know how to define myself, but yeah. I guess I'm just here, like on the internet, trying to spread healing and love and trying to spread the tool that I feel like helped me a lot when I was in like a lot of my darkest places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess titles wise, I'm a digital creator. I'm a certified yoga instructor, podcaster, published journalist. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I love I'm just happy it. to be here in the space. And today we're just going to be talking about Black wellness and spirituality. I don't know if this has been your experience, Patience, but I feel like I was the first one in my family to even think about like healing and blackness and trying to like unpack all the generational traumas um that have been passed down like through my family line and that's been a really interesting experience me being the only one 
looks like in a black family who's like concerned about this sort of stuff um so I feel like maybe we should just start there like talk about just what a process it's been to get here where we are right now because we both know healing is a messy journey like no one gave us like a textbook and was like okay great Mm -hmm. here's what you need to do it's been very messy and it's taken a lot of time so what do you feel like how did you get here like what even sparked this like need to be healed like this how did you become drawn to spirituality like where did that come from yeah so I definitely share the same experience as you I was certainly the first one in my family to to start to navigate this healing journey mm-hmm. um I really can't pinpoint what actually started the journey I just remember this inner knowing that this was not it you know mm-hmm. once once you're able to actually see the cycles that your family and friends are going through and you are able to step step out of that box and just look around and and decide that this is not what I want for myself. And it, it doesn't have to be what I want for myself. So that probably happened um, for me right after high school, mm. I'll say, right after high school. And that's obviously a very pivotal moment in anyone's life where you're really like deciding, okay, what do I want to do? What right. do I believe in? What do I value? Because you're you're going out in the world as just you. Mm-hmm. So I think that was definitely the start of it. But like you said, there was no sort of guide. There mm-hmm. was no, um, no uh, like template on how to do this, where to start, right. who to go to. You know, not a lot of people look like us, especially our family members, our friends that could even begin to understand what we were trying to accomplish right. with this healing journey, what what we wanted for ourselves. So it was extremely hard. I think I felt very alone in the beginning, um, very isolated. And I just went to the internet, to be honest, for mm-hmm. guidance and assistance and help. Um, but yeah, the first few months of my journey was extremely difficult, um, extremely isolating, but also very, very rewarding in the same right. breath. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can agree with that because I feel like my journey started around the same time mine started when I was 19 and I had just come out of my first relationship mm-hmm. and like everyone else you know that first <laughs> relationship will kill you man I mean it didn't kill me obviously I'm here but yes just like I was very young didn't really understand you know what healthy love looked like um, mm. and found that I was sort of putting all of my self need into this relationship like hoping that it would give me the validation the affirmation the you know the sense of self-worth that obviously I know I needed to give to myself but when I was 18 I didn't know that you know I had romanticized love and relationships in the same way that everyone else around me did and like viewed it as my safe grace you know so when it started to crumble basically I was like ooh. I had to do a real inventory on how I had contributed to me being in such a negative space for at that point almost like 11 months and I'm I had to realize all the things that I'm like telling you now that I can't look to someone else to give me the things that I need to give myself um so I finally got the courage to leave that relationship and began this like whole entire time period of like trying to get to know myself which I had never done before up until that point and 
so now I'm here like nearly two years later and I'm much happier and I have a lot of inner peace but yeah that first relationship was a catalyst honey a catalyst for me to guess what was going on yes I feel like that first heartbreak is usually a very pivotal moment in anyone's spiritual journey I think a lot of people that I talk to they're like yeah it was a breakup it was a breakup for me I it was certainly a breakup for me but I try not to give (laughs) this is going to sound bad but we're being transparent I try not to give that relationship and that person that Mm -hmm. much power you know yeah yeah like you were the reason why and it's no you weren't it was it was a very pivotal moment like you said you had to take accountability for how you contributed to that heartbreak and Mm -hmm. and all of that so that's I really I really love that you saying that struck something in me yeah and it makes me think about too like since we're just on the topic of love it makes me think about childhood as well and like where we learn like our understanding of love from so what do you Mm -hmm. feel like I don't know if you, you've probably done this work already, but how did you feel like your childhood impacted like what you needed to heal or like how you wanted to move forward in your life? For me, I think that a lot of it came from my codependency. Mm. Um, a lot of it, yeah, a lot. And and it's crazy because codependency shows up in very different ways for different people, um, and in different phases of your life as well. So for me, I realized that I was a people pleaser Mm. all my life. I wanted, I wanted that validation all the time. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to, um, to show people that like, I am here, I can help. And in that I was doing that because I wasn't getting it from the source that I wanted it from. Mm. So that transformed into my relationships as me just wanting to give, 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 thinking that that was how you receive love. And yeah, and it was, I'm I'm definitely still navigating it now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Healing is is a journey. It is not a destination. That's very important to to remember and to know. And every single day I have to remind myself of that. Right. Um, but yeah, that codependency and navigating that and and realizing that, like you said, I can give myself the mm-hmm. love, I can give myself the validation, I can give myself everything that I need. Mm. And of course, a part of me is still going to want to seek, you know, that validation, but coming Mm. back to that inner knowing and realizing that when I, when those actions and behaviors come up, naming them as codependency, Mm. naming them as, you know, this is something that I'm still working through and forgiving Mm. myself for making those decisions when they do come back up um, is very important. Yes. Yeah, you certainly have to, self-forgiveness and self-compassion is what I'm really, really working on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, childhood, it, there are so many different factors there and it's, it's, a, it's very hard to sort of dive deep into it because you really don't know where to start, you know? Um, and for me, it was accepting all of that that I just said, but also acknowledging how 
my parents also mm -hmm. played a played a huge role and then being comfortable enough to speak with them about it right, right. that's also part of the healing you have right. to be comfortable enough to say hey mm. you know yeah this is how I felt as a child mm. and that's a very uncomfortable and it's very so hard vulnerable too. very vulnerable conversation mm -hmm. and it may not go how you think it's, it's gonna go but it's for your healing and from that hopefully they can heal too because mm. your parents have have some healing and some childhood trauma that they are also working through right so just being mindful of that um mm -hmm. is very very important as well so yeah that codependency was one main thing that translated into my into all of my relationships not just romantic love mm -hmm. platonic love you know in yeah. my in my friendships mm -hmm. um I just always wanted to please people and I always wanted to be the giver because that's that that wasn't what I was receiving. Mm. So I'm thinking that okay, if I give, then I can receive mm -hmm. in that way. So and that that's is how it just like me. textbook, like unhealed child, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this like intense desire to have someone pour into your cup as much as you pour into others. Yep. And I feel like that's a huge question that I had to ask myself too, and I feel like it showed up the most in my like perfectionism this mm. idea that in order to like receive love I needed to be perfect like I needed to like show up fully in a way that said yes I do deserve this affirmation yes I do deserve wow. this validity you know and I had to and like you said it's still an ongoing process I still see this show up in sort of like the ways that I view rest the ways that I view work um, oh yeah talk about it Oh, Lord, talk about it. You know, it's, hmm, I think it's a combination of learning perfectionism as a child and being like a high achieving child and having parents who are always working. And so I almost felt like in order to have a little ounce of their attention, I needed to perform well. You know, I needed to, mm -hmm. to be this perfect, like child prodigy, you know, athlete, student, insert, whatever. But I also think a lot of it had to do with like my internalized capitalism, this like grind culture, always feeling like I need to work hard, you know, go mm. get get to it, get on it, like no breaks, just hustle. And I was like, wow. my body feels terrible. I don't want to mm. hustle all the time. I want right. to I want naps. I want to enjoy a meal without thinking about what I need to do right afterwards. Like yes. this is not what living is, and I should have not been feeling this need to grind at like 16 and 17 years old, you know, there's no reason for that. Mm -hmm. So I definitely mm -hmm. have to, I have to do a lot of the same work that you're talking about, you know, and I see people are really resonating with this, this conversation on parents right now. And, you know, let me tell you for anyone who's like considering whether they want to talk to their parents about healing or what they might be going through. I think oh the God, biggest thing that I've learned is, is empathy. And your parents are humans too. No Ooh. one is going to be a perfect parent. It doesn't matter like how much therapy you go to. It doesn't matter, you know, if you feel like you have no ego in the world. It doesn't matter. We're all human and so are your parents. So all the mistakes and traumas that they projected onto you, those are just unhealed things that maybe they didn't have the space to do. A lot of parents of color don't even have time. They're so concerned with working and making a living and just trying to survive in a society that's like, you know, pushing them down and provide for their children. 
maybe they didn't feel like they had the time or the resources or, or energy to be able to go to therapy, you know? Yeah. So, and also access is, Mm -hmm. is you, you pretty much mentioned that, but access to these things is very, very important. This us talking right now about black wellness and black Mm -hmm. healing when they were growing up, that wasn't available. Yeah. It wasn't available to them. They, they didn't really have the language to say and name the the trauma and things that we're navigating because it wasn't discussed. They didn't have access to it. And within the black community, we all know that mental illness Mm -hmm. is something that we don't talk about at Mm -hmm. all. It's something that we hide. It's something that we feel ashamed of. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you, if you go to a therapist, you're crazy. Obviously that dialogue is now shifting and changing, which is amazing, Mm -hmm. but that's how it was for them. So we are teaching them now. The tables have turned. We are literally teaching our parents how to heal themselves because we're the generation that is literally breaking generational generational curses. It's it's a beautiful experience. It is a lot to take on, but... Mm -hmm. With the, with the access that we have now, the language that we have now, the inner knowing and knowledge that we have now mm. is transforming lives, not just, not just ours, our parents' lives, our grandparents' lives, our great, great, great grandparents' lives. Absolutely. So conversations like this are very, very important. Being open, having this open dialogue and knowing that you are not alone mm-hmm. in what you're feeling in um, what your parents are feeling, how you feel towards your parents, all of that, mm-hmm. everyone goes through the same thing. Right. And not to so. feel guilty as well over wanting to reparent yourself, you know? It's yes. so funny because I used to feel guilty for really? healing. Yeah, I used to feel like, am I betraying my parents? Am I not being considerate of what they did try to do, you know, when I was mm. a child? And, you know, I used to talk about reparenting with friends and online and stuff and you know it's really important to remember that like you your well-being and also appreciating your parents are not mutually exclusive you know yes and that like you said it's important to lead by example by reparenting yourself you might be helping your parent reparent themselves you know and give themselves the love that maybe they didn't receive as a child either so it's really, it's like a full cycle, just like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you that I just thought of, mm-hmm. because that is very interesting. I never really thought about that, how that guilt can show up in that way yeah. when you're starting to reparent mm-hmm. yourself and nurture and mother yourself in that way. How, how were you able to, one, obviously navigate that guilt, but also how did it show up mm-hmm. for you as you were healing it? Because for me, when I feel guilty, sometimes it it shows up in ways like anger. Mm. Sometimes it shows up in ways like um, uh, sort of just isolating myself, right. dis- distancing myself. Like how mm-hmm. did that show up for you in that way? Yeah, I think for me, it was almost like a general discomfort over talking about my mental health in general. You know, Mm. I feel like because I had developed so much empathy for my parents, and I had done so much work of trying to understand 
you know, why they might have parented me the way that they did and how it impacted me. I felt maybe the word I should use is shame. Like I just felt shame surrounding wanting to work on myself. And I thought that if I worked on myself and that meant that I, were, I wasn't appreciating everything that my parents had did for me, you know, or I wasn't being considerate enough of what they did try to do. So there's always like, when it comes with empathy, there's a very fine line between empathy and codependence, okay? Mm-hmm. So I think in the early stages, I was still a little bit codependent, still sort of viewing me as being responsible for my parents' happiness. And that's not, that's not my responsibility. I know that now. But in the past, when I first started healing, I, I thought that I just had a lot of shame around it. Yeah. But yeah, it just goes back to the whole codependence thing like we were talking about and just like the role of sh- that shame plays in healing too, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm, that's really something that I have to sit on because I think that some parts of my healing journey in regards to childhood trauma, I've I probably still feel like I'm not ready to dive deep because Mm -hmm. of that factor, because of the shame surrounding how I feel towards my parents. Right. And how I want to navigate that, that Mm. space. That's very, very interesting. And I'm pretty sure some, someone probably feels this way now because I, to, to name that as shame, Mm just really sheds light on on that part of everyone's journey because at some point everyone's going to get there if you haven't right. gotten there yet right you're going to feel some shame some guilt surrounding mm-hmm. okay but they raised me right. you know they gave me life and now i am unlearning everything that they've taught me essentially right. or some of the parts of of who i thought i was I'm now unlearning because now at this age, I'm realizing that it's truly not me. So that's very, very interesting. Thank you for that. Mm. Of course. And it makes me think like shame could really show up in so many other different spaces too. Like I'm thinking about people who might be used to people pleasing and the first time they put a boundary in place, sort of shame that might come with that. Mm. I used to feel that too. You know, I think when you told yourself that you need to show up a certain way and you need to reject yourself and deny yourself in order to receive the love of other people, putting in place boundaries or, you know, talking about, you know, reparenting yourself, there's almost like a lot of cognitive dissonance that comes with that because you're just not used to it. So it's almost like retraining your mind, like retraining your neural pathways, you know? Do you feel like you ever experienced any of that? Because I know you mentioned you used to be a people pleaser, right? Or struggle with that. Oh, yes, absolutely. The setting boundaries is definitely something that I felt a lot of shame around. Mm -hmm. And also just feeling, I think a part of it for me was feeling like by choosing to love myself, I was somehow taking away love from from them and the relationship. Yeah. And I, and I realized that, you know, maybe, maybe you are, maybe you are taking away from love Mm -hmm. from that particular relationship, but it's to better yourself, you know, and, and realizing that you can do both. You can still love yourself fully and love them fully as well. Mm -hmm. So navigating that and setting those boundaries has been very hard. I'm I'm definitely still navigating that now because now my boundaries I feel are not loose enough. Mm. I feel like now I'm, I've 
now that I'm in a space where I fully can embrace myself and I know my worth, my boundaries are tight. Like they are, they're tight, locked in. But I just realized this week that I was, I'm so focused on myself and my mm-hmm. healing and, and growing my business and all these aspects of myself. I am, I'm not putting in the, the effort and the energy into my relationships, into the relationships into the relationships that are very important to me. And I think that my boundaries are just so closed off at this point Mm -hmm. that those relationships I'm in my mind, I'm seeing them sort of not fizzle out, but just Mm -hmm. kind of, it's, it just, it's not the same because I'm not putting toward the efforts and the energy. So realizing that and, and, naming that as I did and Mm -hmm. finding that balance between, okay, I still need these boundaries, but some areas I need to be a bit more flexible and compromise a little bit and not be so self-involved and yes, rigid and self-involved that I forget why I started this journey in the first place you know it wasn't to close myself off it was to be able to connect better to people Mm, so yeah so it's it's been a very um interesting experience just this week alone because I realized Monday through Friday I didn't talk to anyone Mm. I was so focused on myself and my work I did not talk to anyone at all Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the week I'm like wow why do I feel so alone why do I feel so isolated? Ooh. Why do I feel like no one loves me? Why do I feel like no one's there for me? And it's because I closed myself off. I didn't give anyone the chance or the opportunity yeah. to be there for me. 100%. You know, so at the end of the day, I'm thinking that no one was there for me. It's because I didn't allow anyone to be there for me. So yeah, it's you definitely have to find that that balance of setting those boundaries and choosing yourself, but also nurturing the relationships and the people that are actually there for 100%. you. And it's, you gotta be mindful of the relationships that you pick and choose, you know, which ones you're watering the roots of. That's mm. very important as well. But you I feel like there's an inner knowing, you know, which relationships and who Absolutely. is truly there for you. And just right. make sure that you're you're finding that balance and nurturing those as well. That support, exactly. Someone said that support, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you need that support, especially mm-hmm. when you're starting your healing journey. In life in general, you mm-hmm. need that support system there for you. So you always know that you're not alone. It's so beautiful that we are here in this space and we're able mm-hmm. to name this, mm-hmm. but I bet someone is out there like, how did, like, th- what does this work look like? Yeah. You know, what, what does it actually look like? Yeah. And I would love for us to talk about that because I, (laughs) I feel like, especially for, for younger folks, I have a little sister who just turned um, 17. Okay. And for her trying to explain what this work is, because everyone talks about do the work, do the work, do the work. And it's like, okay, but where do I begin? What is this work that you speak of that everyone is speaking of right now? 
huh, what is the work? When you were saying that, you were just like, people always say do the work. I'm thinking, I am people. I am yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. People. Me too. I'm always like, the work. Do right. The work. But yeah. I think the work is honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is shadow work. I feel like shadow work has been the most helpful thing in my own personal journey, just because I had so many subconscious thoughts about myself that I had never acknowledged, mm -hmm. like the subconscious thought that I wasn't worthy of love, but was ruling my entire life that I just wasn't aware of, you know, this subconscious need to be perfect and thinking that was the only way that I was going to receive love what else like having even when it came to things like self-confidence like I would dilute myself in spaces mm. because I wanted to be more palatable for whoever I was around knowing like full well that I am an Aries from the east coast like why am I diluting myself you know but so things like that like just really I think the first step is observing your thoughts and observing mm -hmm. your behavior so almost taking inventory of your life in a third person perspective and just like you know observing how you interact with people throughout the day Ob observe how you talk to yourself if you talk to yourself in a way that's bullying then that should be like a first that should be a first step like where does yeah. this negative self-talk come from whose voice is that it's probably not even yours it might be a parent it might be someone from middle school who is projecting mm -hmm. their own traumas onto you unknowingly you know so I think the first step is really just observing, like, how do you interact with yourself and other people on a daily basis? And I feel like that's where I was able to start. Because before that, I had no idea even what a subconscious was. I had, I thought that I was showing up fully. And obviously, me looking back, I know that I, I definitely was not, you know? Mm -hmm. So for someone who's a beginner, who's just sort of getting into this idea of like spirituality and wellness and trying to figure out what that looks like for them, it really is unique to you, you know? Um, not everyone is maybe has the problem of people pleasing. That's like very specific to some people. Maybe some people don't resonate with being a perfectionist. That's very unique to me, you know? So really just, you have to start looking at your life and yourself in a mirror and then seeing, just seeing, just seeing what's going on. That's what yep. I would say. What would you say? Absolutely. 100% agree with you. Um, it's definitely this, this more aware approach to living. Mm. So just noted like you said noticing that inner voice that's a great right. place to start hearing how you are that that voice in your head what is it saying right. you know when you do when you do something what what are the thoughts that go through your head mm. um when you're talking when you're talking to someone what's going through your head mm. you know what are the thoughts that are that are circulating um when you are alone what are you mm. thinking about when you're you alone. know when you're alone, yeah, that's that is probably the best place to start. When you're alone, what are you what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you doing? Are you just keeping yourself busy so that you don't have to be with yourself in that way, so that you don't think about what's going on, so that you don't hear that voice? Are you keeping yourself busy? Are you are you just you know speaking, um, or is that inner voice just very negative? Are you thinking right. about all of the bad and none of the good? Um, and I would say journal, journal these okay. thoughts down. Journaling is so very helpful for, especially for someone who is a beginner, get mm -hmm. you a journal and just sit with yourself and think about, or don't even think, just observe, observe your thoughts and write down whatever comes available yeah. to you in that moment. Um, is it, is, 
probably the best place to start. Meditation, mm-hmm. I know, is very uh, uncomfortable for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't have to be. One aspect of meditation is, of course, sitting still, mm-hmm. but writing is also a meditation. Exercising is also meditation. The point of meditation is to be fully present in the moment and noticing your thoughts, letting them flow, letting any emotions arise and letting it flow, letting it go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's really just taking a more mindful approach to your life, being more intentional Mm -hmm. with your thoughts, with your relationships, with what you're doing throughout your day. Um, yeah, so I 100% agree with what you said. And I feel like it's important to note too that although spirituality, at least on the internet, makes it seem like you need all of these tools, like you need to have like some sort of crystal, like you need to have mm-hmm. a smudge stick, you need to have an altar, you need to know how to do every single yoga posture perfectly and in alignment. You know, these are all just, they're great tools and they definitely are aids, but view them as just that not as the end all be all but supposed to like enhance your practice and help you bring new energy into your life that maybe you didn't have before but really all you need at the end of the day and all that you'll leave this physical plane with is you and is your soul and your spirit so just focus on that you know just focus on sitting with yourself and trying to be present just like you're saying and it's so Mm -hmm. funny that you brought up meditation because someone asked um how do we concentrate during meditating my thoughts are always distracting So that is a great question. I think Mm -hmm. that is the question that everyone typically has. Yeah. So the, I I think that we often hear um, in meditation, the point is to quiet the noise, right? Quiet Mm -hmm. the noise. And I want to, whoever asks that, I want to invite you to accept the noise instead of quieting Mm -hmm. the noise. So your Mm -hmm. thoughts, um, obviously they're going to be there, you know, Mm -hmm. it's no way to 100% quiet the noise, especially when you're first starting out in meditation. Right. So accept what is, accept the thoughts and then just let them go. In meditation, when, when our thoughts are distracting us, it's because Mm -hmm. that we are becoming our thoughts. We are allowing Mm -hmm. them to, um, we're allowing them to sort of control us, but we have the control, we have the power. So if you accept the thought as it is without judgment and then just let it go, you're bringing yourself back to being an observer of your thoughts instead of being the thought itself, if that makes sense. 100%. And that's such an important thing to know too, is that whenever you feel a thought, you don't actually have to identify with it. The thought is just telling you some information. It might even be useful, you know? So to, to view your thoughts as just being more indicators of how you're feeling in a current moment, as opposed to telling you something about yourself, I thought right. that's really been helpful for me too. I yep. used to be like really sort of consumed by my thoughts and, you know, felt everything so deeply that I was almost controlled by my emotions and by my brain instead of by my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think meditation really helped me in the beginning start to embody my body and like tell myself that emotions don't have to run my entire life you know they're very helpful but I don't need to internalize everything so deeply yes 
Yes, I actually wrote something this morning about emotions. What I what I said to myself was, are you allowing temporary emotions because emotions mm. are temporary? Are you allowing temporary temporary emotions a permanent home within Ooh. yourself? Oh, yes. Yeah. And that I think that a lot of us are doing that. A lot of us are are thinking that this emotion is it, we internalize it and it becomes who we are, who we think mm-hmm. we are. Emotions mm-hmm. are to be felt. They are yes. not to become, mm-hmm. to be felt, not become. So that's very important. Just allowing the emotions to flow. Right. Don't let them settle. Don't let them become a part of you. Just feel it, feel it until you don't want to feel it anymore and then let it go. 100%. And it's that easy. Just release it. All right. Boom. Just release it's it. Done. And negative emotions too. There's a huge thing on the internet. And I think just in general about this obsession with positivity. It's like, I want to be happy all the time. All like, the time. I'm be positive. I'm an optimist. The glass is not half empty. It's half full. I, I'm just, I'm, you know, there's bumblebees and rainbows come out of my ears. Like that is just yeah. not the case. Like toxic humans, like, positivity. Right. Toxic positivity. And we see that in the spiritual community. I see it all the time. Spiritual mm-hmm. bypassing, you know, and it's mm. not, it's not what spirituality is about you know feel all of your emotions that's why we're placed on the planet is to experience this human experience so allow yourself to do that allow yourself to feel anger allow yourself to feel sadness as much as you yearn for happiness and inner peace too you know yep everything everything has its balance there is no good without bad there is no light without dark you have to I feel that you have to feel the bad right in order to be able to fully accept and embrace the good if there was not one without the other then how can you even you know discern between the two so Mm -hmm. yeah that toxic positivity and toxic is a very harsh word sometimes but um yeah spiritual spirituality this healing journey is not that beautiful (laughs) let me not say that but there's there there are ebbs and flows just like life, you know, things come, things go. It's not always going to be beautiful. It's not always going to be positive. It's not always going to be full of happy and joy. Mm-hmm. Um, just know that. But also, I, I wrote something a while back, and it was sit with your sit with your joy the same way you sit with your pain. Mm. I know for me, I kind of I feel like a lot of us just really sit with the bad. 100%. We sit with the pain, we let it soak in. Mm. But when there's joy and happiness and love, do we do we sit with it the same way? Do we fully mm. embrace it the same way? You know? And yeah. that reminds me a lot of um I remember reading something the other day and it was saying humans who have suffered for a long time view suffering as being comfortable. Mm. So used to being in a, a negative space. And I feel like I can definitely relate to this. You know, when I was in high school and I was experiencing depression if someone would have told me you know something positive or something happy would have happened to me I would have been like okay this is great but when is it going to leave like when's the next time that that joy is going to be gone and I'll just be back to suffering by myself again it's that anticipation yes precisely so it almost just becomes easier and you feel less mental resistance if you Mm. just succumb to the negative emotion as opposed to allowing a joyful one to come into your life only to know that it's going to leave again you know yeah yep. so at some point you have to say to yourself like 
this is not how you should be living. <laughs> yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's so much better to allow that joy and that happiness and that positive energy to come into your life. And like you're saying, you should appreciate it. It's okay to have a good time, you mm -hmm. know? And maybe when the moment is over, you feel a little bit of sadness, but that's just how human beings are, you know? Yes. We, we're always <laughs> going to be chasing, like, happy feelings, but you should just allow it to come and go just like yep. you're saying just go with the flow you'll feel more resistant if you try to resist those emotions you know I feel like we do that often we anticipate what will happen next we anticipate mm. okay okay this is great but what but this can't be that great something right. there's always something else there there's always right. some form of pain or suffering there's always something that's going to mess it up is what mm -hmm. we often think we're anticipating the mess up we're anticipating the bad and we're not allowing and accepting what is mm -hmm. even if it's not even if we don't label it as good or bad we're not allowing it to fully um become itself you know because we're mm -hmm. anticipating what it's going to be next or what is to come next when we accept what is we allow it to fully blossom into what it's meant to be might be a good time for another question someone yes, said do wellness it. and spirituality go hand in hand interesting um okay so one let's let's all remember that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience mm -hmm. so anything in regards to this existence i think personally also coincides with spirituality mm -hmm. because that's that's what we are that's what everything is everything is mm -hmm. connected in that way um so yes wellness in my opinion is spirituality um mm -hmm. because if we are not well in spirit then how can we be well in any other you know aspects of this physical experience 100%. um and i and i think that a lot of people um may feel like spirituality is kind of this witchy elusive, like vague elusive vague thing right. and it's not it's it's what you whatever you feel connected to 100%. and just remembering that you are a spiritual being having a physical experience I think it's interesting even hearing the word wellness because I feel like wellness in my mind has such like a commercialized, like capitalistic, like <laughs> the, the thing I think of is like all these wellness products. That's what comes to my mind. So I just noted in myself how I felt some resistance even to the term wellness. So I'm just thinking of this like wellness industry that we now know is like a, a multi-billion dollar business that is almost right. capitalizing off of people who just genuinely want to feel better, you know? Right. Right. So I think that part where you were saying, like, it's whatever it means to you is really important. Like, there is no concrete definition for what wellness or even spirituality looks like for right. you. It differs mm -hmm. for everybody. And this idea that there's this, this sort of lifestyle that we're all supposed to be buying into, just remember that that's a product of capitalism and that you don't actually have to Absolutely. pay for anything to feel good. You know, there is Absolutely. no product that is going to solve the inner feeling that you need to do yourself, you know? 
So if, if wellness and spirituality means the same thing to you, then cool. But if it doesn't, that's also cool too, because it's so unique, you know? Yep, absolutely. Wellness is about being well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so however you feel the need to be well. Mm -hmm. And truly, I don't, I don't, we get so caught up on titles too. Right. Um, we often forget the the point of it all. As long as you feel good, as long as you feel well, as long as whatever tools, resources, services um, you use that you that are helping you, whether it be surrounding spirituality, whether it be surrounding wellness, mm -hmm. whatever you need to make you feel good mm -hmm. and comfortable in this physical existence, mm -hmm. do it. You know, remove the title and just allow yourself to be and accept and um, do whatever it is that you feel called to do. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think like something that's been weighing heavily on my heart too that I really want to talk to you about and to everyone listening and also maybe as a good sort of like way to end our conversation today is we're in a really terrible time right now. Um, and I, I say terrible because there's just a lot of violence that's being inflicted upon different communities. You know, obviously... Mm -hmm. Black folks, this is nothing new. Black folks have been knowing about oppression and police brutality since forever. So that's not new. Um, but what is new is it being combined with a pandemic and also mm -hmm. a burning environment and also, you know, whatever sort of other oppressive systems are being enacted right now. And mm -hmm. so when it comes to spirituality and wellness, one thing that I hear a lot from people is like how am I supposed to deal with everything that's going on in this very physical world right now, but yet still focus on things like meditating or yoga or doing shadow work journal prompts? Like, how am I supposed to deal with both of these things at the same time? And I understand because when, you know, when George Floyd was killed and when Breonna Taylor's, you know, murderers were not given the justice that she should have been deserved, I was very angry. I was upset. I didn't feel like, you know, going on Instagram and talking about, doing shadow work and reparenting yourself. So for people who find themselves in that same situation where they're having a hard time marrying the two things, I feel like we got to talk about it, you know? Like how Absolutely. do we deal with everything that's going on in this world right now? And how does loving ourselves and caring for ourselves and prioritizing wellness and spirituality, like how does all that go together, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For me, when, when everything happened with George Floyd, Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. Mm -hmm. I felt like, like you said, how is this post about loving yourself and healing yourself? What is that actually doing right. for, for the movement, for right. my people, for, right. um, the earth, you know, and what happens internally will always be expressed outwardly. So mm -hmm. reminding yourself that the, everything that we're seeing right now happen in the world is based on internal factors, based mm -hmm. on people not healing, based on us not caring about this environment because oftentimes we don't care about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So every, everything that's going on internally will always yeah. reflect outwardly. So yeah. this work, this healing work, you know, the conversations like this, um, diving deep into your spirituality, into your spirituality, meditating, 
all of that is actually what we need to be doing right now because those are where we'll find the answers to how we can then show up in this world in a way that is surrounding love and positivity. Um, right. And the more we do that, the more others around us will be affected. And then mm -hmm. the more we will begin to heal as a collective here on this planet. So just knowing that it's not you sitting with yourself, it's probably mm -hmm. the best thing that you can do right now yes. in this moment. And I know a lot of people that's not gonna resonate because I know some people um, prefer to be on the front lines. Some people right. want to want to protest. Some people want right. to go out and you know, do all these things for their community, but just know if that you, if, if you don't feel called to do that, that's also okay. By 100%. you learning to love yourself, by you learning to show up fully in this world as yourself, that is also huge work that you are doing. And don't allow yourself to feel shameful for choosing you because in choosing you, you are literally connecting more to the earth. You're connecting more to other people. You're able to love you know, other people um, mm -hmm. and love this earth. And in doing that, it's you're shifting the trajectory of how we all will live. So mm -hmm. when you change, the people around you change and the people around mm -hmm. them change and the people around them change, it's all sort of a, a ripple effect. So um, yeah, don't feel shameful at all and, and know that this work is just as important as you being out on the front lines. Oh my God, we've been going for an hour? Okay, well, let me just slide <laughs> in these final notes. The personal is political, y'all. So anything that you do in your personal life, just you embodying the sort of healing and wellness and self-care that you've devoted to, like you've been saying, it's a butterfly effect and it will eventually yeah. spread to all of the communities and the people that you interact with on a daily basis. And at the end of the day, I think what, what you said about the most hurt people hurting other people is so true. Until those people who are enacting this violence on the planet, on other people, until they confront their own shame and insecurities and ego, Lord have mercy, ego. until they mm -hmm. confront their own ego, mm -hmm. just, just focus on you and mm -hmm. you will be rewarded. If you enjoy this episode, please be sure to share it with a family member, a friend, and even a stranger, because you never know whose life it might change. I really look forward to meeting you back here next week for another intimate conversation just like this one. But until then, peace, love, and light to you.